It is Locked on Jazz for the 25th of February. Uh Uh-oh, what has happened to the Utah Jazz? We'll try to discuss it, break it down, and be reasonable. All coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider this is locked on jazz your daily podcast on the utah jazz giving you insight expertise geeky numbers i usually tell you try to make it more fun to be a jazz fan but how about make some sense of it uh i was it's funny today because i was listening yesterday to about five editions of the really really good podcast locked on suns and they're very serious and i i actually kind of sent them a note like hey remember you're doing basketball like remember Remember, it's these guys, they're great. Their insight is unbelievable. But boy, like it, I don't think doctors discuss brain surgery with the same level of seriousness. I mean, they are, Brendan and Evan are into it. And I love it. It was great. Carried my broadcast, frankly. I, I took all their information and used it on the broadcast. Um, I kind of feel that way today. Like, so this is not, like, from a basketball standpoint, this is not great. Like, the Jazz got humiliated last night. Um, that's the worst performance of the year. And yet we, that's not true because we were worse in Toronto and the first half in Portland and the first half against San Antonio. I mean, like, it's not good. Like there's a reoccurring problem here. We allowed 63% effective field goal percentage last night, which was the worst of the season. I think, um, Toronto was 62.8. We allowed a offensive rating last night of a 133, depending on what numbers you use. That's the worst of the year. So, um, you know, so there, there's a legitimate argument that things aren't, you know, that aren't, aren't very good here. Um, the overall effort seems to be, um, considerably lacking. There's these just horrendous sequences of basketball that are, are stunning to watch. There was a sequence last night in transition where for three straight plays, we just decided not to get back in transition. There was a sequence offensively where we simply decided to stop passing the basketball that actually makes I kind of understand where that's coming from I think that's our default um and we just decided to not you know literally to to not play defense uh for a sequence of plays in which they hit three straight three-point plays so I mean last night was a little daunting um I I would assume that the collection of poor performances out of the all-star break this should be the low point um, last night's defensive rating officially was a 131. It's the worst of the season, worse than the February 1st performance against Portland, which was a 128, worse than the January 6th performance against New Orleans, worse than the January 29th performance against the Spurs. And this is what gets a little daunting is that now three of those have happened inside the last month, and that will get to the, uh, the hypothesis here. Um, New Orleans torched us earlier, but nobody had really beat up on us in this same fashion in a while. And then on January um, 27th, the Houston Rockets came to town without Russell Westbrook, without James Harden, and without Clint Capella, and they played small and beat us. They weren't particularly brilliant that day, to be perfectly Frank, like their offensive rating that game was was good, but not great. Like it was, I think, a 115.6. Um, teams had done that to us before, um, but without any of their personnel for them to put up a 115.6. And frankly, teams hadn't, you know, it happened to us 
uh, I think about five or seven times that year, and that's kind of what happened throughout a year. New Orleans have done it to us once or twice. And But for a team as good as us defensively, to suddenly allow a 115.6 on that night um, was telling. Like, it, it was eye-opening. We had had, you know, I think we've had about 15 of our games, which we've been worse than that to statistically defensively. And um, other than that, we actually don't have a game above 113 like this. So it's a little telling like, oh, wow, that's like that's a big breaking point for us. Um, And we had generally actually kind of snuck through some of these. Well, all of a sudden, since then, since that game in which Houston goes small, there's an argument to be made that our Achilles heel has been shown. Um, I, I'm going to break it down. I've got the numbers to show it. I'm, it might be too simplistic, okay? Um, and I think that's important. This, this is a, a singular hypothesis of what has taken place. I think it's probably a larger picture. Um, and... There are probably more items than just this, but it everyone wants some sort of tangible, it's this guy's fault or this issue, and, and this is my best guess to the issue. So, I mean, like last night, we allowed 131 points. We allowed 66 points in the paint. Like, I'm not a points in the paint guy because the paint can be two different places, but wow, right? That's, we we have stopped being able to defend the basketball team, to, to defend. Uh, Mike D'Antoni had a very revealing quote. I've mentioned this in postcast, I think, uh, in which he said, if Rudy Gobert is next to the rim, we're doing something wrong. If, so, if, some, if Rudy Gobert is near the rim, we've done something wrong. Okay, that's... That's a pretty telling quote, right? Because that tells us, frankly, what everyone's trying to do. And Rudy Gobert, since that Houston game, had three block shots against Denver, three block shots against Portland. I'll tell you why that's significant coming up here on, um, in a moment, you'll, or at least you'll see, and has not had more than two block shots in a single game. He's had a block shot, but not two. Um, even in the last two games, Rudy hasn't even gotten his ten rebounds. His ten rebound streak ended, but I think we would we would admit that Rudy's impact seems less the last few games because our defense is not as good. Last night, I mean, Phoenix has one of the better offensive performances of the year. They shoot seventy one percent at the rim. They take twenty eight shots at the rim last night. They take twenty eight shots in the short mid. They took fifty six shots in the paint last night. Now, 28 of them are at the rim. That actually is more bothersome to me that they got to the rim 36% of their shots. That's those mid-range little shots. They were 11 to 28. They're not particularly good shots. They shot 39% on them, but they went, they got to the rim and, and took 71% of their shots, at, made 71% of their shots at the rim. They also shot lights out, right? They shot 11 of 18 from three. They, their mid-range shooting actually was right about league average at 40, a little higher, one shot off at 44%. But the real issue is they got to the rim so much. Okay, so what's happened? Why? So there, let, let's get a few premises across. One is none of these guys want to be bad. 
right? Like Quinn's preparing them. The coaching staff's doing all their same work. These guys want to be good. Something's collectively not great. That's clear. But understanding they want to be good, let's did, let me ask the question and we'll investigate the hypothesis and the numbers will make us believe. Look, look, like we're acting like this is brain church. We got hypothesis. So for the season, our defensive rating is a 108.3. In the 10 games prior to Houston coming to town, it was a 108.8. It was 10th best. We were not great. We were just, we were okay. We weren't elite. In the 15 games since Clarkson joined us, we were 107.5. We were seventh best in the league. We were, we were okay. We had not been playing great teams. And again, we're 108 for the season. Since the night that Houston went without Harden, without Westbrook, and without Capella, sp- spread the full, and Eric Gordon got 50 on us, our defense is 25th in the NBA with a defensive rating of a 116.4. And we saw it last night. The Jazz trail 83-80, which this is why this hypothesis has some flaws. What were we doing trailing 83-80 allowing 83 points at that point? And then for the next eight minutes, Houston decides, or Phoenix decides to play without a center. And they play Dario Saric as their center and they outscore the Jazz by 16 points in the next eight minutes. And the game is over. And that, to me, is the league having the scouting report out from Houston. We'll dig in deeper and see what else there is to show you there um, and what more can be said. Uh, Today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Hyundai, located at 4646 South State Street. Also, Located in Murray and in Linden. Super appreciate the support from Murdoch Hyundai and the way they treat our Locked On Jazz listeners. If you are heading over, make sure that you give me an email first at dlock09 at gmail.com so we can set up a special meeting for you. The Hyundai lineup is amazing. I'm driving the Palisade right now. Absolutely loving it. I'm driving back and forth to Snow Basin every day right now for over, you know, I drove three hours yesterday, but it was totally comfortable and enjoyable and uh it drives great. I feel safe. It's got all the bells and whistles. I put it on the cruise control. It somewhat drives itself. It's a fabulous car. Check it out. The Santa Fe, the Tucson, and the Little Kona are the SUV lineups over at Murdoch. 4646 South State Street, Murdoch Hyundai, also located in Logan and in Linden. If you're going to head over there, email me first, please, at DLock09 so I can set up a private meeting with you and give you the VIP treatment you deserve by being a locked on jazz listener all right so my hypothesis would be that the houston rockets went small mike d'antoni said it if we have rudy gobert near the rim then we're in trouble and there's something to it so if you want to play pick and roll And you bring Rudy Gobert into the, you bring your big up in the pick and roll. You are now involving the greatest defensive player in the world in the play. So instead, just spread the floor with five wide, run your own action and just beat guys off the dribble. 
And if you're five wa- if you're five out, then you end up with Rudy Gobert being far away from the basket. And if Rudy Gobert's far away from the basket, then he can't come help defensively. The drives are almost always coming from the side of the floor that Rudy Gobert is not on. If you watch, they'll put Rudy Gobert. Often, if they can have him guard a corner shooter on the far side, they'll come from the they'll come on the far side. They'll come from the near side with a drive. So they're 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 moving Rudy Gobert out of where he's where he is, and they're driving the basket and they're getting sixty six points in the paint. Doesn't always work. Um, in the sense that not everyone can do it. But here's what's happened since that Houston game. So in that Houston game, and I don't have the data quite as much as I want. I'll, I'll dig into it a little bit more. Since the Houston game, the Jazz, uh, and I'll have it for you tomorrow. The, the Jazz got outscored 126 to 117. They were minus nine in 48 minutes. San Antonio then did it two nights later for 17 minutes where they LaMarcus was hurt and they played Rudy Gay at the center. We were plus three. Then Denver did it to us for 13 minutes in Denver on a back end of back-to-back where Plumley hurt, they didn't have to play a big, and we were minus 10. Portland did not do it to us on February 1st, and that's the night in which Rudy gets a bunch of block shots, and Denver didn't do it to us again on the night where they just didn't have enough players, right? They beat us, but they didn't have enough players, but then that also refutes a little bit of the hypothesis because we weren't very good that night against Denver, and in the sense that they didn't, you know, we didn't win that game. Now, from a defensive standpoint, frankly, if you look at our defensive performances recently, that Denver game is our best defensive performance we've had recently because, and they never, they didn't do it. My, our next best defensive game is Miami and Miami only played 11 minutes of stretch five out with Kelly Olenek. So, Portland does it for 20 minutes on February 7th. We're minus four. Houston does it for 48 minutes back in Houston, and we are plus one because we win on the Boyan shot. Dallas, for all intents and purposes, does it for 43 minutes of that game. And we're plus three. We win. That's, that's like our best performance. We're plus three in that time period. Miami only plays 11 minutes of five out against us, and we're minus nine. Houston plays 48 minutes of five out against us, we're minus 10. And last night, Phoenix played eight minutes of five out against us, and we were minus 16. When I say five out, it means they're able to play all five guys outside the three-point line and therefore remove Rudy from the rim. The easy answer, I don't have any idea, but do we suddenly have to start playing some sort of zone so it keeps Rudy near the rim? Is the only thing that I can come up with. Okay, that's truly the only thing that I can come up with as an answer. I I don't know. I mean, the league is evolving. Every team is seemingly being able to put five guys out on the floor. And since that Houston game, we've had our 42nd. These are what our defense is ranked for where it sits in the season. 42nd, 56th, 38th, 55th, 19th, Denver, did not play five out. 43rd against Portland, didn't play five out that night, actually. 
uh, 40th, 50th, 17th, Miami, only played 11 minutes, five out. 39th, 48th, and our 57th, our worst one of the year. Okay? It's like, so the, in 256 minutes, including the Houston game, teams have played five out against us, or some variation of it, were minus 51. It would make us about minus 10, minus 9.6, for 100 possessions, which would make us the worst team in the NBA. So, if I'm writing a college paper right now and treating this like it's brain surgery and super serious, serious, I think I've got a half-decent hypothesis here. You know, for the season, we weren't great defensively. Okay, so that's, I think, the first premise that has to be clear. We were never, we were for the beginning part of the year, but we're not, we weren't great defensively. So 108.3 was our season rate defense. We were somewhere in that range since we'd added Jordan Clarkson. We had not been playing very good offensive teams, and so it was probably a little inflated. We were a little more vulnerable than we looked. And then Houston came in and played five out with an undermanned team for 48 minutes, scored 126 points on this league is beeping great. And the coaches see it. That's what coaches do. The opposing coach has watched the last four games of every team he looks for. And so he sees that. And all of a sudden, San Antonio does it for 17 minutes. And Denver does it for 13 minutes. Then two teams don't do it. And then Portland does it for 20. And Houston does it for 48. And Dallas does it for 43. And Minnesota doesn't. Miami doesn't really do it. And San Antonio actually didn't do it to us at all, really, in the game in which they beat us. Houston goes back and does it for 48. And last night, Phoenix does it for eight. So, the and, and in that range, we're minus 51. We have the 25th ranked defense, and we're minus 9 point. Okay, the hypothesis is, is good. I don't think it's the entire situation because we lose to Denver, who's not playing any guys, and we lose to San Antonio, who didn't do it for the whole game, and we allowed 83 points. You know, our defense wasn't good prior to Phoenix going small. That Achilles heel is there. That's undeniable. And I don't know what the answer on it is. I really don't. Benching Rudy doesn't seem like a very good choice. Like, they they win. When we take our best defensive player and one of our best players off the floor, they win. But it's, it's disconcerting because it's where the league is heading. So I might argue that it's actually more disconcerting than just the stretch of basketball right now because you have to worry, is everyone going to do this forever? And how do we make Rudy relevant defensively again when league is moving him away from the basket? Okay? Uh, It's complicated. That doesn't explain it all, right? think that's let's just let's just hold with that let's understand that because there's an overall malaise defensively there's an overall lack of bounce now when teams are scoring on you and beating you but again it was 83 80 
when this happened, and that just blew the game out of reach. All right, we'll do Time Machine Tuesday next. I think that's as serious as we can be on this. There's some other things offensively. I didn't like the sequence where we went one-on-one, and there's all sorts of... And, you know, Ben Dowsett uh, took a flamethrower to the Jazz last night on Twitter with a million uh, uh, video clips. Uh, Andy Larson took a flamethrower to each and every player on his triple team last night. I mean, we, it's there. Like, the evidence is there. That... You know, it's more than justice, but I do think that that's a fairly significant uh, portion of what's taking place. Valentine's Day is in the rear view mirror. Did you screw it up or do you just want to earn good brownie points now? Locked on jazz listeners, we've got a special deal for you over at Spavia. I've been telling you about Spavia for a little while, 102 South State Street. They're located in Sandy. Spavia is giving you the mountain resort spa experience at a half price. Well, if you go like Google search, like montage deer Valley, your search engines will never be the same spa and try to figure out what their treatments will cost you and what the menu is there. I love when they call it a menu. Like it's really, really super expensive. And spa via gives you, you know, the the 90-minute mountain stone massage up at the Montage is $360. The Alpine body massage is $340. So we've been telling you that Spa V is half price. That's actually not true. It's like a third of the price. And then we're going to make it a half of that price. So here's what we're doing for you. Locked on Jazz listeners, get a massage treatments for a half price of the Spa Via price. So $109 service is now $54.50. An $89 massage is $44.50. How about that? Right. You want to send your woman up to the, your or your, go yourself or however it is, get your spa treatment and get that mountain re- retreat experience like you're taking out a mortgage. But Spa Via, it's a lunch. $54.50 for the $109 service and $44.50 for the $89 massage at Spavia. Same relaxing experience, same professionals dealing with you, same getaway. You deserve it. Over at 102 South State Street at Spavia, but just for like a third of the half of the third of the half. Call 801-424-7566. That's 801-424-7566 and tell them that you are with Lockdown Jazz. Really, considering how the Jazz are playing, you deserve it, right? Call 801-424-7566. All right, Time Machine Tuesday. I've got the box. I've got the numbers. I've got my eyes closed. I'm fiddling through. 2016, that's kind of recent. Let's see what we're doing. It's always a bummer when you get a recent. See Darren at the game last night? Uh, all right, 2015-16 season. The Jazz finished 40-42. and 42. We finished as the 16th ranked offense and the 7th ranked defense. And on one February 25th, we lost to the San Antonio Spurs 96-78. to My gosh, we got thumped. It would be the beginning of a five-game losing streak. We've been here before. We scored 78 points. 
The Spurs started Tony Parker, Danny Green, Kawhi Leonard, LaMarcus Aldridge, and Tim Duncan with David West, Patty Mills, Kyle Anderson, Boris Diaw off the bench. It's a pretty good team. The Jazz started Shelvin Mack at point guard, Gordon Hayward, Rodney Hood, Derek Favors, and Rudy Gobert. Favors had 25. The Spurs always let Favors score. Hood was 4 of 11. Hayward, who struggled with the Spurs for a long time, was 4 of 13. We shot 3 of 17 from 3. We only took 12 free throws. We were terrible that night. Wow. Joe Ingles played 9 minutes that night. Went 0 of 2 from the field, 0 of 2 from 3. Trey Lyles played three minutes. Trey Burke, 10. Chris Johnson, 11. Howell Neto came off the bench for 12. And Trevor Booker played 19 minutes. Joe Ingles was only playing nine minutes at that point. Wow. This would be the first of a five-game losing streak. The Spurs, by the way, at that point were really good. They were 49-9. and And they thumped us. The next night, we would come back home. We would look, lose to Brooklyn, 98-96. Joe Ingles got to play 18 minutes that night. Hayward had 27. Favors was just 5-14. Shelvin Mack was still our starter. Trey Burke was coming off the bench playing 6 minutes. Went 0-4. for 4. Howell Neto was playing 13. As we lost to Thaddeus Young in the 17-42 and 42 nets. Well, we survived that, kind of. We went 40-42. and 42, But that is your Time Machine Tuesday. Not the most uplifting Time Machine Tuesday. Not taking you back, but it's random. I, I didn't I didn't do it with therapy in mind. Well, that is one hypothesis. We'll work on some other things. I'll look at it more. We'll see what everyone thinks. Uh, give me your thoughts. Feel free to hit me on the Twitter thing at, at Lockdown Sports. I'll probably check them today. Rejecting the Screen is out with a regular Tuesday episode, so you can catch Noah and Adam by telling your smart device to play podcast Rejecting the Screen. And a Hollinger and Duncan is out as well, so tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of podcast Hollinger and Duncan.